0: Men's basketball struggles yet again, losing a close game to Texas. OU softball got started off with a bang, and we got some recruiting nuggets to touch on on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at Today.com. And Man, the Oklahoma Sooners cannot get catch a break on the basketball court. They drop another close one, this time to the number 20-ranked Texas Longhorns, after dropping a, another nail-biter to the Kansas Jayhawks on Saturday. Both games that the Oklahoma Sooners had a chance in, both very close losses and both games where if a, a shot falls here, if they are a little bit better from three, if they don't turn the ball over one time, they maybe come out with two top 25 wins, and yet here we are again talking about an Oklahoma Sooners team that's just reeling, um, heading into the final stretch of games. Let's start with the Kansas game on Saturday. Oklahoma was in front at halftime, led for much of the second half until Kansas took the lead with about seven minutes left to play in the game. All the while, emoji Gibson was 0 for 2 and fouled out. They did this on the backs of... Jordan Goldwire, who had a phenomenal game for the Sooners, played 37 minutes, led them in scoring. And really, if he would have gotten a little bit more help from the starting five, maybe they win that game. But, I mean, he was great going to the basket. He hit two clutch threes in the final few minutes after the Oklahoma Sooners allowed Kansas to build a big lead uh, over the final seven minutes of the game. Oklahoma went on like a nearly six-minute scoreless streak uh, or scoreless run and had to rally huge to to even be in a position to have a shot at the end of the game and Jordan Jordan Goldwire's shot at the buzzer just came up short on the rim but when the dude plays 37 minutes and is distributing the ball facilitating the ball driving to the rim busting his tail on defense you know you're not going to necessarily have the the most energy for a final shot like that and that's probably why it ended up coming up short uh it's it's disappointing in that this team has seems to have enough talent to build leads against good teams. We saw I mean they had a 15 point win against Texas Tech just last week and then weren't able to follow that up. I mean, Emoji Gibson had a great game just a week ago, 30 points. And then against Kansas, he just gets completely shut out, taken out of the game, fouls out of the game, and is a non factor for the Oklahoma Sooners. But they're able to get, you know, good performances out of Elijah Harkless out of uh, Tanner Groves, Jacob Groves off the bench. They shortened the bench in the Kansas game. Only a couple players had double digit minutes from the bench. But I mean, Kansas is Kansas. They're a great team. There's a reason the Sooners haven't won in uh, Allen Fieldhouse in decades. It's because it's a great basketball team and a very difficult place to play, but this was the chance. This was the opportunity that the Oklahoma Sooners needed to have to pull out a win and potentially put themselves in position to, to make the NCAA tournament, and then you ch- you follow that up with a loss to Texas in a game that was another tight game that the Oklahoma Sooners very well could have won, except for some turnovers down the stretch in overtime. Maybe this is a team that that also makes the playoff. I mean, they had four guys in their starting lineup in double digits. <laughs> I mean, what what more can you ask for? Except they just didn't weren't able to make the play down the stretch to. To tie, you know, tie the game again in overtime, or to win the game in regulation. But you know, Elijah Harkless has a pretty solid game. Goes six of thirteen from the field, including one of six from three-point range. I get that, you know, you want him taking open shots, but I don't think he needs to be shooting so much from three-point range. Emoji Gibson had a great bounce-back performance. Goes five of seven, four six from three. That's the guy that you need to be hot uh, for your team. I mean, Oklahoma only shot twenty-one point seven percent from the field from three-point range. Five of 23, Emoji Gibson hits four of those. So the rest of your team combined goes one for 17 from three point range. And that's the ball game. That really is. You know, you compare that to Texas, who shot 36.4% from three point range. They only shot 11 threes. Oklahoma shot 23 and weren't nearly as good at it, they weren't efficient at it. And, and that, that changes the game. I mean, a poor shot selection here, settling for a three there, and that, that can lose you a, a basketball game. And you know they can hit shots. They can be a good three-point shooting team, but they're not always consistent at it. And it, it gets troublesome that often they'll settle for threes as opposed to use their skill to get to the basket because they've got guys like Jordan Goldwire who can get to the paint, Elijah Harkless, who may not be like the most – you know the quickest player off the dribble, but he can get to the paint too and he can finish around the basket. Uh, Jalen Hill, who's really good inside as well. So that's something that Porter Moser is really going to have to look into is like, why are we taking so many three-point shots? Yes, the offense is going to create some of those openings, but we just don't really have the shooters. Now, it, you want to look at this from the bright side, like what happens when Porter Moser gets the shooters in Norman in this offense? If you get good shooters and you're able to take 23 three pointers maybe that's gonna that's gonna translate to a higher efficiency but right now they just don't have the three- point shooting consistency to be a really good three-point shooting team um, they're they're on they're gonna be in trouble when it comes to tournament time I I don't know like this is a team that has now lost uh, I think it's seven of their last nine uh, sorry nine of their last 11. Um, you know, they have the, the Texas Tech win. They beat West Virginia. And then you got to go all the way back to when they beat number 11, Iowa State, before that. But, I mean, they, they have three wins in their last 12 games. Um, that's not going to do it. That's not going to cut it for them. And, you know, they, they don't have a, an easy schedule the rest of the way. They still got Iowa State, who was at one point in time one of the best teams in the Big 12. That's going to be a tough test coming up this weekend. And then you got Texas Tech, number 11 Texas Tech after that in Lubbock, who you know is going to be looking for redemption after the upset lost uh, just last last week in Norman. Then you follow that up with the Bedlam matchup against Oklahoma State. Then you have West Virginia and then at Kansas State to close out the the regular season. And you start to wonder, like, is this team going to be able to do enough over the final few weeks of the season – and in the Big 12 tournament to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. That's going to be interesting to to kind of follow and to see if they don't get more consistent three-point shooting, I have a hard time seeing it. Or if they just minimize the number of three-point attempts that they take and really work on getting the ball to the basket, in the paint, trying to finish at the rim, taking higher percentage shots, then this is a team that can make some noise down the stretch. But if you're going to settle for 23 threes while your opponent only shoots 11 because they're getting to the basket, then you're probably going to have a hard time winning basketball games, especially if it's not your best three-point shooter taking all those shots. You know, Emoji Gibson tooks, takes six. Like that's nearly or a little bit less than or a little bit more than 25% of the team's three-point attempts. So the rest of the team's going to have to step up. If they're going to shoot 17 threes, they're going to have to shoot better. Than that. Uh, coming up next, let's talk. Let's talk about something positive. Oklahoma softball got started uh, over the weekend, and man, they picked up right where they left off. But first, I want to talk to you about BetOnline. Football season might be over, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. And for all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and even Olympic coverage and information. I know I've enjoyed watching the the figure skating, even with my wife. The speed skating has been a blast. And I love hockey. So watching USA hockey has been phenomenal. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. And man, Oklahoma softball, the 2021 national champions getting ready to, or on the road to defending the 2022 or their 2021 national championship in 2022, they just picked up right where they lofted, it. Just smashing teams. They opened the season uh, on last Thursday with a 14, nothing win over UC Santa Barbara, a run rule, win five innings, Perfect baseball or perfect softball, rather pitched from you know their starter Jordan or Jordy Ball and Hope Trout Wine and Nicole May had a great uh five innings pitched combined for perfect uh a perfect game, and then they followed that up in the Mark Campbell Invitational with four straight wins. They beat Loyola, Loyola Maramount five to nothing. Uh, Mississippi State, they beat 9-0, got their second run rule win of the season. And then it was against number three, UCLA. This was the one that was the, the big time coming uh, coming of age party. Um, the the coming out party for uh, Jordy Ball, who through seven innings allowed zero earned runs. They got the one unearned run, but she struck out 14 Bruins. 14. Incredible. True freshman pitcher was just dynamic uh, just making people chase uh, hitting her spots locating her her off-speed pitches and mixing things up really really well she was really really good all weekend long but in that game against UCLA which is a number three team in the country she showed up and showed out and that's that's really exciting to see because if you have an ace in in the hole in Jordy Ball and you have an offense like the Oklahoma Sooners have who who's going to stop them who's going to beat them I mean, this team in their first five games, they've scored more than 40 runs. Um, no, they've scored 40 runs. They, they're 40 to one. Um, and they've allowed just one run, and it wasn't even an earned run. They've just been really, really good to start the season. And it's been from the top of the lineup. Tiara Jennings got the season started off with a home run. She's hitting. She's had multi-home run games twice this season, leads the Sooners in slugging percentage jocelyn alo looking to be another national player of the year a winner she's had a great start to the season as well and they're just doing what they do they have a deep lineup because we're seeing grace Lyons, mackenzie donahue all these ladies just hit away and and play really really good defense and support the top of the lineup even if they're not necessarily hitting as well as we come to expect it's a deep roster and a deep lineup and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I hope you're getting a chance to tune in, make sure you maybe go to ESPN plus, check it out. A lot of these games have shown up on um, flow softball. I think is what it's called. Um, yeah. Flow softball. It's a streaming service for softball games. Um, so that's a great place to, to watch Oklahoma women's uh, softball, Oklahoma's women's softball, but let's talk some recruiting because the Oklahoma Sooners, they're, they're moving ahead with 2023. They still got some, some feelers out on 2022. Uh, in particular, we've got uh, Micaiah Overton, who is a transfer potential transfer player from Liberty, uh, who is looking to play with his brother, five-star defensive tackle, who was part of the 2023 class, LeBias Overton. He's now reclassified to the 2022 class and is keeping Oklahoma in the mix right now, along with several other big-time schools like Texas A&M and Oregon. So Oklahoma's going to be in that mix, but these guys are coming as a combined combined unit. And so Oklahoma has a chance to add a couple more defensive linemen to their, their roster ahead of 2022. And a, a kid like uh, Micaiah, who's got some experience now having played at Liberty – that could be a great depth piece for you to add to your, your defensive tackle rotation. And if they're able to land these two guys, it's going to set them up for a really, really strong future at defensive on the defensive line. Cause Levy I mean, five-star, one of the top players in the 2023 class would have been one of the top players in the 2022 class. And then his brother with experience, it's going to be huge. Uh, but they're, they're using those Jeff Levy connections as well. Uh, offering a couple players who have been kind of warm towards Ole Miss. Uh, one of those is offensive tackle uh, Wilkin, sorry, Wilkin Formby out of Alabama. He's a four-star offensive lineman, uh, according to On3 Recruiting and 247 Sports. In the composite rankings, they're just, they have him as just a three-star player, but that's because ESPN doesn't have him rated just yet. But going into a senior season, there's a good chance that he could end up um, being a four star player across every recruiting service and in the consensus rankings as well. Uh, and this is what uh, Cooper Batanga of 247 sports had to say about uh, Formby. He says he displays good athletic ability at the right tackle position. appears to have natural knee bend and hip flexibility, demonstrates good foot and body quickness off the line of scrimmage and plays with some suddenness. This guy stands six foot seven. He's six foot seven. It that's huge. I mean, that's a, a, a really tall dude and someone that, I mean, if you can get him playing right tackle, left tackle, he's going to be able to get there and just lean on guys. He's already 295 pounds, but teams that are in the mix for him are Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, and USC. So the reason he is connected to Oklahoma. So when Jeff Levy was the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, he offered form B there and the last crystal ball projection you have from 247 Sports had Form B in August going towards Ole Miss. Now that Jeff Levy the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, maybe that's going to change. Perhaps that changes a little bit. And then the, the other guy that's really intriguing is uh, Riley Williams. No relation to me, four-star tight end in the 2023 class who seems to be a guy that's going to be a player. So six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds, and is one of the best, the top one hundred players in the country according to ESPN. Uh, he's the number ten tight end per Rivals. On three has him at number thirty two nationally, and two four seven sports um, at number sixty nine nationally. But in the composite rankings, he's a you know gen- he looks like he's a top one fifty player. Rivals is the one that's lowest on him, but he's the number one player in the state of Oregon and a top 10 player at his position across every recruiting site. But the kid is already 6'6", 230 as a high school going into a senior year. Um, and with what Oklahoma has been able to do over the years with the the tight end position, I, I would not be surprised to see them land him. I mean, if the guy has any dreams of being like a Mark Andrews, then get, get with Joe John Finley, come to Oklahoma, get in, in Jeff Levy's offense and thrive. You're going to have opportunities to play now. Oklahoma's already deep at tight end with Caden, Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn, but you can—I mean—you get a third guy in here that gives you all kinds of options where you can run some some 13 personnel with three tight ends. You can motion guys out of the out from in line out wide, take advantage of some of those those smaller matchups against corners. You get a guy that's six foot six. You put him on the outside against the a cornerback. There's no chance. That guy's gonna be able to guard him. So that's a really, really fascinating offer uh, to, to watch because, yeah, I, I think Oklahoma's gonna have a good chance at landing him as well. Um, but you never know how things are gonna go with, with recruiting. But this is the thing that's really interesting to me in this is that Oklahoma is just casting a very, very wide net. They're not limiting themselves to particular areas of the country, they're going after everyone and everywhere. Uh, We've talked about it before, but Brent Venable is just really opening, opening doors and Jeff Levy as well, opening doors in the Southeast for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, But now spreading their wings up to the Northwest as well to, to target Riley Williams. And so I'm looking forward to seeing just kind of how that plays out because Oklahoma, man, they, they need to continue to add talent. Just like every school does. Obviously that's, that's not breaking any news, but on the, offensive side of the football they'd have to hit some of these big wins they got to get some of these big wins we know they're going to be able to recruit defense but can the assistants under Jeff Levy can they continue to draw the players like they were drawing under Lincoln Riley now I'm not saying like the type of players or the the same star caliber but and and we know like Brent Venables he's looking at the whole player not just the stars not just the on-field talent but he's looking at guys, he's wanting to get guys in there that, that have uh, the right mentality, the right work ethic, the right um, ideals, the right goals, the right vision for their future. Not just players who are looking to make NIL deals or, you know, become popular, but he, he's looking for the whole player. And so because of that, maybe he won't, you know, target some of the five-star guys that everybody else is targeting, but might settle on some four-star guys that are, that have something to prove that have a chip on their shoulder that are looking to, to make a name for themselves. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this recruiting goes with Ryan Riley Williams, because that could be a big win for Joe John Finley. Who's already done a great job uh, for the Oklahoma seniors landing Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn. Uh, and you know, he had, uh, another guy, Luke, um, now I'm blanking on his name, from the 2023 class, Luke Haas. Uh, he had him committed until Riley left and he decommitted. So Joe John Finley has done a really a tremendous job, just like DeMarco Murray has uh, for the Oklahoma Seniors offense. Um, and then they, they got a, a crystal ball projection or on-three projection from um, on-three recruiting on Caden White. Caden White uh, is a four-star offensive tackle in the twenty twenty-three class uh, from Missouri. Um, wrote about him over at the Sooners Wire, but now he's being projected to the Sooners um, with a fifty-five percent confidence level. So you know that could that could wane and waver, but so far that looks to be like a potential a potential commitment slash signing for the Oklahoma Sooners and Bill Bedenbaugh. Uh, some big things happening. Recruiting never stops. These guys never, never. These guys never stop. They're always on the recruiting trail, hitting things hard. And uh, it's, it, I, I'm liking the direction that they're heading, even though it may not have the five star power that it did. I think the guys that they're landing are are going to be high quality players that have a lot of talent that are going to be bolstering Oklahoma's roster uh, for the next few years. Uh, that 2023 class already has Jackson Arnold, the top quarterback in Texas. Joshua Bates, one of the best interior offensive line players in the country in 2023. That's a fast-rising player. He's only three stars right now, but he's on the rise to Ashton Cozart, a four-star player out of Texas as well. Um, and and then they're, they're in the top six uh, for one of the best linebackers in the country, Anthony Hill Jr. in 2023. Um, this is a guy that is ranked as a five-star player. He's rated as the number one linebacker across every recruiting service except for uh, on three recruiting, but the on three consensus has him as the number one player. He's a top 10 player in the state of Texas, goes to Denton Ryan High School, which is the same school as Billy Bowman, uh, defensive back for the Oklahoma Sooners. So there's a bit of a connection there. Maybe the Oklahoma continue to can open up a, a recruiting um, opportunity at Denton Ryan, which has been a really good uh high school football program for the last several years is the, can they create that, that, uh, that floodgate, that, um, that recruiting option there at at Denton Ryan. Uh, It's, it's, yeah, they're not slowing down. They're, they're keeping the momentum going from finishing with a really, really strong 2022 recruiting class and uh, coming up next, I want to talk about something that college football news did, how they ranked, the teams in the college or the coaches' poll, and who came out on top? We'll do that after I talk to you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution to your auto parts needs today. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, so over at College Football News, um, about a month ago, they put out a list of the all-time AP rankings and the Oklahoma Sooners came up number one in that ranking um, with, you know, a lot of top fives, you know, and basically the way they ranked it was if you were the number one team in the nation that year, you got 25 points. Number two, you got 24, number three, you got 23 and so on and so forth uh, down to the number 25 team. You get one point. Uh, there was no weight given to national championship winners um, and Oklahoma came out on top of the kind of the historical look at the AP rankings Um, they'd finished top 25 61 times Um, in 33 of those occasions they finished inside the top five so again not surprising that they would be the number one team now you look at national championships and obviously Alabama has got to be up there and considered one of the best teams ever in college football yeah I mean you want to you want to rank Alabama as the number one team in college football sure but based on the way that college football news is breaking down these rankings in the AP poll, Oklahoma was number one and in the coaches poll, Oklahoma was number one uh, tied for first with the Ohio state Buckeyes. Now, one thing that's, you know, obviously a little bit disconcerting that you look at every team inside the top five aside, you know, or the top three really, and Alabama and Ohio state have national championships more frequently, more recently, than the Oklahoma Sooners, Oklahoma of the teams in the top 10, you know, Oklahoma has a more recent national championship than Notre Dame, then Michigan, then Nebraska, then UCLA, then Penn state. Sorry, UCLA is not in the top 10, but so like there's three teams, four teams inside the top 10 um, that have a, a national championship that's further out then Oklahoma's national championship win in 2000. But, uh, you know, it's just fascinating. Like, you and really, this is to say, like, Oklahoma doesn't go away. There's been a lot made of what Oklahoma is going to look like now that Lincoln Riley's gone. And all you got to do is go to a place like uh, College Football Reference by Sports Reference. And all you got to do is look at the history of the Sooners and how few down years they've had, how few losing seasons that they've had. I mean, The 90s, the John Blake era, the Howard Schnellenberger, you know, seasons, like those weren't great seasons, but those were pretty isolated incidents for Oklahoma Sooners football. This is a team that finishes ranked. They usually finish, you know, like the floor for Oklahoma is like eight wins historically. They're usually a 10 win team threatening for, you know, a national championship or at least in contention. And even if they end up with a couple losses, they're still going to go to a high quality bowl game and they're going to likely win their bowl game. So the the predictions of Oklahoma's demise are very uh, unreasonable. They're unrealistic. They're irrational. Just because Lincoln Riley left, like Lincoln Riley was a good coach. And I, I know I might get killed for saying that. I think he was a good coach. Now potentially he was even a great coach. They had they had some good seasons with Lincoln Riley. However, as we've said and as we've heard many people say, Bob Stoops, Joe Castiglione, Joseph Haraz, Oklahoma's more than just one person. And this is a team that through the years, whether it was when Bud Wilkinson left or Barry Switzer left, I mean, you know, they might have had some down years after Barry Switzer left, but they recovered. And Bob Stoops took them to national championship and took them to glory. And this team is in a much better position now than it was when Bob Stoops took it over. So I have no doubt in my mind that Oklahoma is going to contend for the big 12 championship in 2021 or sorry, 2022 and potentially contend for a college football playoff spot. Are there going to be games that, you know, Oklahoma is going to be tested in? Absolutely. Are there games that they might lose? Yeah. I mean, when was the last time Oklahoma went undefeated throughout a season? It's been 22 years. So I'm not sitting here predicting that Oklahoma is going to go undefeated or that they're not going to lose multiple games. But I am going to say like, this is a team that can still win their conference and contend for a college football playoff spot. Despite the losses that they've had in the transfer portal, despite the, the players going to the NFL, they're a team that's still pretty well set up to contend this year in the big 12. And I think defensively, they're going to be tougher than they might have been. They're going to be much more difficult to run on than they have been in years past, in recent in recent years. And you still got a secondary that's going to be really, really good, but that's got a lot of experience. That's deep. And despite Mario Williams leaving and Jaden Hazelwood leaving and Jeremiah Hall going to the NFL, you still got Theo Wiese and Marvin Mims catching balls on the outside, and you still got a very capable quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. You know he might not have had the the stars that Caleb Williams or Spencer Rattler had, but he's got a lot more experience and he's thrown a lot more passes at co- in college football than those guys have, and that counts for something. That matters, and I, I'm excited, man. It, spring ball can't get here fast enough. Already looking forward to the 2022 college football season, but it's going to be a lot of fun watching the OU softball team as well. You know, look to defend their their national championship and go back to back. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for subscribing to the show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. So hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, let you know when new episodes pop up, and hit the like. Let me know how you're feeling about OU softball heading into you know, the 2022 season. What do you think of men's basketball? Where Are they going to make the tournament? Let me hear what you got to say about that. And who's the, the player on the Oklahoma Sooners roster that you're most excited to watch in 2022? Would love to hear your answers on that. But until next time, my name is John Williams a Boomer Sooner.